The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. I've been having some friends of mine on the show to talk about new thought topics, truth, and why metaphysics is so important to the world. And I have a, a new friend, a new buddy that I want to introduce to some of you all uh, because this is his first time on the show with me, but I'm sure it won't be the last time. Today I have Pastor Greg Stanford online from Celebration Spiritual Center in Brooklyn, New York. How you doing there, Reverend Stamper? Um, doing well, brother. So good to be here with you. So good to be here. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So uh, before we start getting into the questions, could you give uh, some of my listeners an opportunity to hear a little bit about your background? Sure, absolutely. Um, well, I am the co-pastor and co-founder of Celebration Spiritual Center uh, with my partner, Pastor Yolanda Batts. Uh, we have uh, been in ministry through CSC, and we're about to celebrate our six-year anniversary in March. Um, I've been a minister for quite a long time. Um, was originally raised in the Pentecostal church, um, and um, through a series of events, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of, um, moved uh, to a, a new thought metaphysical path, um, which which is home for me. Um, I'm also a musician, um, uh, singer, songwriter, recording artist, um, and I love all things new thought. This is This is what I do. This is what I'm about. Beautiful, beautiful. So this gives us an excellent opportunity to ask, you know, the the pregnant question. How does uh, a person from a Pentecostal background Mm -hmm. and Pentecostal Mm -hmm. ministry uh, transition into becoming Mm -hmm. a new thought minister? Uh, Well, uh, there there were there were a couple of things that happened. The first thing for me was um, when I accepted the call of ministry, which was in 2000. Um, I entered seminary here in New York at New York Theological Seminary, um, and everything changed for me. 
um, it, what, what I began to, to learn about Scripture and how to read and how to interpret the Bible and, and being exposed to theological perspectives that I had never been exposed to, I realized um, that I had to let go of and unlearn everything that I thought I knew. Um, and as I did that, it, it um, prompted me to start to ask bigger questions, because as I began to read and see the Bible differently, um, it then had me look at all spiritual traditions, um, and, and so I immediately went to looking uh, at Buddhism, um, and I found this beautiful uh, parallel between the teachings of Buddha and the teachings of Jesus. I, I love to say that they're first cousins. And, um, and as I did that, then it took me to, to my study of Joseph Campbell. It took me to uh, comparative religion, but really with Joseph Campbell, um, understanding that um, all spiritual traditions, when we really start to, to whittle down to their roots, um, are teaching similar truths and are really teaching us about this path of awakening unfoldment um, that we each go through. And so with religion, we've gotten so caught up in the symbols um, and, and that's really what, what a lot of the fighting and arguing is about, is about the symbols versus um, looking at the underlying truth. So I could no longer um, stay where I was. I could no longer accept um, uh, what I had held to be true. Um, but at that time, it really just, I left the four walls of the church um, and really moved into just being more of an activist and trying to do things outside of the four walls of the church. Um, but I didn't have a name for sort of what my emerging spiritual philosophy was and, and theological perspective uh, until uh, I was introduced to Reverend Michael Beckwith. Um, and, and that's when I was finally introduced to New Thought, and it made sense for me. It was like, oh, okay, now I have um, a movement and a, and a place, as, as, as we, um, you might remember when we met this summer, I talked about now I finally had a place where I could plant my roots because I knew that this is uh, – uh, th this is home for me, and this is familiar. And so, long story short, that's that's how I moved through that. Now, it wasn't always easy. Um, I went through what I call seven years in the wilderness, which was really about the unlearning, and then also the um, learning and de and developing um, what I needed to become the minister I am now, and and co-leading Celebration Spiritual Center. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, one of the things that you mentioned about, you know, just getting to the roots or the core of religion uh, reminded mm -hmm. me of a statement I've been using lately, which is religion is a response, yeah. not an answer. Yep. Because yep. I think I think because people automatically just assume when they go to when they join or start to follow any religion, that religion mm -hmm. has, quote unquote, the answers right instead right. of it being a response mm -hmm. to 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 life and i'm not saying that the response doesn't have answers right but it doesn't have all the answers because no. it's, it's and, a response it to a particular person to a particular culture to a particular time mm -hmm. yeah. to a particular context and without yeah. understanding all of it you really mm -hmm. don't get the gist of what that religion is trying to teach and it doesn't mean that the religion can't evolve well, that's the thing I, I was thinking. I love that when you think about the idea of it being a response to a particular time, culture, et cetera, that's what leaves the door open then for the evolution because times change, right. <laughs> cultures change, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. So, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, and I'm going to ask some more serious questions, but, you know, hey, we're freestyling. So, okay. you know, 
the, you know, I started to think about, you know, for instance, like uh, we, we, you know, in our new thought background, we both come out of a, a quote unquote unity, Fillmoreian, Charles Fillmore metaphysical background with Reverend Coleman mm-hmm. coming out of unity, but teach, right. keeping the teaching the same. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can remember, you know, jokingly telling somebody years ago that, you know, Charles Fillmore, for instance, you know, believed in celibacy after you have after you procreate. And right. he also didn't believe in, you know, alcohol or eating a medium as a vegetarian, which is all good. Right. And so I jokingly Absolutely. used to yeah. tell people that, like, you know, Johnny Coleman wasn't going to come to the south side of Chicago telling the black folks not to eat eat uh, barbecue <laughs> and not have sex. Right. <laughs> right, right. That's a perfect let example. <laughs> so let me make sure that I give them the essence of the teaching because the other stuff can evolve. You know, exactly. or as Joe Absolutely. Goldsmith said, if your diet is what determines you to be spiritual, I'm not anti-diet, by the way. I'm just exactly. using this as right. a point. He says everybody mm-hmm. that's a vegetarian will be enlightened. That's a paraphrase, right. not exactly. a direct quote. But the point that he was trying to make is, it's still your consciousness. And I think that's what Johnny got. And I think that's what all the masters understood that, absolutely. you know, as Emma Fox said, life is consciousness. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when, when you're working with your, with, with your people and, mm-hmm. you know, at, at church, you co-founded and mm-hmm. how do you drill down the basics? Like if you want a person to get the, the, the gist mm-hmm. of what new thought teaches, where do you start? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I start with, and it's interesting because we're in our, our series now, Practical Spirituality, Seven Principles to Live Your Greatest Life, which is completely based on the guiding principles of CSC. And it starts with principle one and principle two, God is. Um, and, and one thing that I've, I've, I've seen and learned, one from my own life and from working with others, is your God concept determines everything, right? And, and what, I, what I say to people is that um, the sum total of what you believe to be true is your God, right? And so when we understand that, you know, in, in life, our consciousness, um, you know, causes us to, to um, develop uh, ideas that we're unworthy or um, we judge other people. Um, and so, of course, we make God in that likeness and image. Um, we have to uh, liberate God right? um, from uh-huh. the limitations that we place upon it. Um, recognizing that God is, is, is not, you know, person or personality, that, that God is not judging us, um, that God does not see us as a sinner, um, you know, that God does not forgive because God does not condemn. Um, and so un- understanding, and, which is just d- embracing this radical concept of the divine, of this thing that we call God, um, is the first step. And for many people, that takes the longest, right? People even, you know, people mm-hmm. want to get, excited about manifesting and all this other stuff. And, you know, you can manifest a few things here and there, but then, you know, difficulties start to show up or challenges or they're wondering, you know, what happened? Well, why can't I manifest anymore? Meanwhile, this God concept has still been playing out in their consciousness. Um, and so they're, they're still living out this, this sin and shame story, or they're living out this, I have to prove myself or living out this false ideas about perfection because of the God concept. So, that first thing is, is everything and truth. Um, but what's beautiful is we go from God is to I am one with God. 
Um, because then what God is in the large, we are in the small. And, and as, as God is the creator, we have ma- been made in its likeness and image, and we have the power to create and manifest um, uh, uh, because we, it, its life is lived through us. And so understanding that oneness and that relationship um, is so important um, because that's the way that we truly are able to demonstrate um, uh, through this consciousness of that we make use of this power that is, that is not of ourselves. And it is, as Jesus, you know, says, I and my father are one, right? Um, uh, it is not I, but the father within me that does the work. So we understand that, but it's understanding that this thing exists, the father, and understanding that it's working through us because we're one with it. Um, then from there, we've created this powerful foundation to now move into the world. That's how we can then be loving and forgiving. Um, that's how then we can live on purpose with a purpose, right? That's then how we can be a beneficial presence on the earth. That's then how all of the other things that come after it, which again, scripture is clear, right? Of seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. So loving the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul, um, knowing that God is, that you're one with it, um, uh, loving your neighbor as yourself, which I, I love that verse, um, because again, that's uh-huh. taking us, their self-love has to be there in order to love your neighbor. Um, so all of that is about that relationship of God is, and I am one with God. We could spend, you know, our, yes. our lifetimes just really digging into those two things. Everything follows that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So when you are working with the people again and you're dealing with the basics and Mm -hmm. you're drilling down with people that they're one with God, that they're already Mm -hmm. divine, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, how much of a challenge is that? And before you answer that, let me just give some context. You know, I often Uh, say to 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 my comrades in the the Universal Mm -hmm. Foundation for Better Living that I mm-hmm. personally find that teaching the divinity of, of humankind to be the one principle that people, uh, they, they struggle with the most. And the reason why I say that is mm-hmm. they're looking at their human personality and their human experiences. We're trying to point them back to the essence or the truth of who they are. Uh, because right. Reverend Ike used to even say that, that man staggers at his own divinity. Have you just mm-hmm. found mm-hmm. that it's, it's easy for people to say, oh, yeah, I get it, but theoretically, but when it comes to processing the divinity of humankind, there's many times a struggle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I can think about myself personally and, of course, the, those that, that, that are in our congregation and that I work with. Um, and I think it has so much to do with the fact that we're externally focused. Um, which is, you know, the other piece that we we are constantly reinforcing, you know, go within um, that life is really lived from the inside out. Um, I don't just say mind over matter; it's mind before matter, right? Um, because mind is what creates matter, and mind is what actually acts upon matter and shifts shifts and changes matter. So, because we're so externally focused, and there are so many things outside of us that are telling us about ourselves, right, um, or that we've accepted about ourselves. Um, I think that's what makes it so difficult for so many people. Uh, and so this, this is then why um, meditation is so, so important. I, one definition I love of meditation, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza um, uh, says that meditation simply means to get familiar with. Um, and so by taking that time to, uh, to, to be, go into meditation, to practice the presence, 
we're getting familiar with ourself, the capital S self. And I think without that component, um, that's, that's why it becomes more and more difficult to um, really accept uh, our own divinity. Um, but as, as we do that, as we make that a, a discipline practice, which is one of our seven principles, daily spiritual practice is not an option. Um, as, as we make that um, a discipline practice um, over time, because it's not automatic over time, that's when the, the, the integration and the change starts to happen. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've found for me, actually, in terms of meditation, um, I came to um, start to practice meditation and different forms of mindfulness initially um, because I was going through difficulties. I was going through a divorce. Um, life just was really bad and really tough for me at that time. Um, and, you know, I had bottled up anger and resentment and pain and, and whatnot. Um, and I needed, I just needed relief. Um, and that's, that's how meditation came, came, how I initially started to pr practice meditation. And so initially it was just about that relief. Um, but over time I started to see, and when I say over time, I'm even talking years. Um, I began mm -hmm. to see that my reactions to things were different. My response to things were different. Um, and I think that comes from that process of getting familiar with, and then we're able to, at a certain point, it becomes unconscious because it's, it's our divinity. It's the God within us that's actually acting and responding. Um, it's, you know, if, if you want to think about a visual, it's that moment in the matrix, which is a movie I love um, and always refer to um, in sort of metaphorical ways, but it's the moment of, you know, when Neo it rises from the dead, if you will, realizes who he is, and then he holds up his hand and it's at, and at the bullets and they fall. We, we get to that mm -hmm. moment of, of, of our life where it's like, wait, no, I know who I am. Um, and I think that that component of meditation, I, I've just seen it over and over again. Um, we also encourage, and, and many, many people in our congregation now are um, practicing transcendental meditation, uh, which I think is just the easiest form of meditation that exists. Um, and it's why we recommend it because the results are clear and the science is clear behind it, but it's simple, it's easy, and it's effortless. All right, beautiful, beautiful. I do want to give some people uh, opportunity to call in. We have about 10 minutes okay. before our break, uh, okay. I believe, uh, to make, make sure. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so okay. I want to make Good. sure that people have an opportunity to call in. Uh, you can call in at 816-251-2555. Uh, 816-251-3555. Again, 816-251-3555. You have a question for Reverend Greg or me or both of us, or you just want to make a comment or just say hi, please feel free to do so. So I want to talk a little bit about Jesus because uh, yeah. Jesus tends to be a topic of controversy, even amongst how Jesus and what and Jesus's teachings are taught in uh -huh. the Utah movement. You have some oh, yeah. people on the one side, you know, like for instance, Christ Universal Temple is known to be a New Thought Christian church yeah. from the standpoint yeah. of we teach Jesus, not mm -hmm. we don't teach we don't teach about Jesus. We teach <laughs> what Jesus taught, and Absolutely. you know, and we don't run away from our. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Christian orientation, much like old school Absolutely. practical Christianity. Right. 
Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you know, when when dealing with the transition from people coming from the outside of New Thought mm-hmm. into New Thought, mm-hmm. how do you feel that's being handled right now in the New Thought movement? Not throwing stones or throwing anybody under the uh-huh. bus, uh-huh. but just from yeah. as a person yeah. that's in the family looking mm-hmm. at it, because I'll give my opinion after you give yours. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Well, first I'll just I'll start with how we approach it at CSC. You know we. Um, you know, if you go to our website and you look, you know, with the Bible is listed as one of the texts, you know, that, that we, we use and teach from. Um, um, and for me, and you know, when I look at the roots of new thought, and this is one thing I, I did a sermon series, what is new thought and, and started with the, 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 the real realization that everyone has to know and own that the roots of new thought are unapologetically Christian, Right. Um, and I think that's incredibly important for us to know because so many people come to new thought um, with a sort of anti-Christian mindset. Now I get it. There's church hurt and, you know, things happen in, in different churches and things have happened. Um, and that, that may have been the catalyst um, that, that moved, uh, moved them in another direction. Um, but we absolutely cannot um, throw away our, our Christian roots. And, and by that um, we, we cannot throw away the, the message and the teachings of Jesus. Um, and it, it, to me, it's, it's really clear. I, I love how um, um, uh, Brother Ishmael Tate says it, that, um, you know, Jesus is, is new thought and Paul is Christianity, right? If you really want to kind of create a, you know, a delineation. And I, I think um, there's so many reasons why that's true. Um, Jesus was teaching us a way. Right. The, that's what it was called at the time. It was called the way the people that 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 yeah. walked with Jesus were followers I, of the way. Hello, Reverend Gray, yeah. is yeah. it possible you could yeah. put a pen right here for a second because we have a call absolutely. and I want them to have an opportunity oh, to talk to you. We're going to pick up right yeah. back. Um, could you put okay. uh, bring Sherry on, please? Sherry, is she there? Hey. <laughs> oh, hey, it's, it's Sherry James. I could not. This is my, my, my yeah, sister, no Reverend Sherry James. Hi. And not step up in this conversation. <laughs> hey. Hello. This is good. Yes, yes, yes. I really just wanted to call call in and be be the amen corner, um, because I do I agree with you that we cannot throw away our Christian origins, mm-hmm. and I'm always amused by people who are uncomfortable with the use of the name Jesus. Because mm-hmm. where do you think we got this from? And exactly. If read, and if you read some of the early texts, that mm-hmm. uh, 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 drawing on the message and the mind and the teachings of Jesus is evident in Ernest Holmes, is evident in the in Kramer, it's evident in Annie Ricks Melitz, it's evident mm-hmm. in Emma Curtis Hopkins, Charles Fillmore. Warren mm-hmm. Shelf Evans, I, Phineas P. Quimby, Mary Baker yep. Eddy. You yep. can't do what we do if you don't start with mm-hmm. I agree. I agree 100%. 100%. Um, and so one of the other things then what we have to do is I understand that, you know, because of biblical literalism, many times, you know, we have to liberate folks from, um, you know, from these uh, different understandings of Scripture um, definitely the literal understanding of scripture. And many times that also means that we have to look at, for instance, you know, I, I um, so often because of the text I love, the Gospel of Thomas, um, looking at some of the Gnostic texts and, and some of the other writings, which gives us a better perspective 
even of early early Christianity. Um, I, I love something uh, Reverend Dr. Mary Tumpkin, um I've heard her say. You know, understanding that that um, there was always that Christianity was never monolithic, right? Um, and I'm paraphrasing what she said, but in the sense that there was there, uh, you know, what we think of as Christianity today or how we look at it. Um, when we go back to the to early Christianity, we see, um, you know, the, the, the mystical strains that, that came out of the Essenes and, and through Paul and Jesus. And there were some that were more religious because they were trying to reconcile their Judaism with this new way of being. And there were other people that brought in, they liked what Jesus was saying, but they had other quote unquote pagan practices. So they brought that in. Um, and so we realized that, that um, you know, there was always um, uh, multiple ways of seeing um, and and so we we can look at that and then em- embrace our new thought roots and find ourselves there from the beginning, which is so important. Yes, I, I absolutely. agree. And absolutely. I, also, I think you don't. I mean, I, for, I I'm very much a fan of the secret gospel of Mark, the gospel of Mary. Oh yes. The gospel of yes. Thomas. All yes. of the, all of those, you know, non-canonical gospels. But mm-hmm. you don't even have to step outside of the canon. To get evidence of the of the diversity of uh, thought in Absolutely. early Christianity, that Absolutely. if you have been taught how to read the text, then you can see those different strains, the Stoicism, and like you mm-hmm. said, all of these different communities that were right there all the time on the page. All the time. Would, all the time. And I would even argue that that I don't know if I'm one hundred on. Paul not being a metaphysician. That the, well, the, the, well, right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know if I'm 100 on that because I, we, we've been given a way to look at Paul, and I find that even now with all of the studies that I do, that I still find myself peeling back the lens of fundamentalism when I am reading the text. And I've been given yeah, a yeah. way to look at Paul and a way to look at Jesus, and even mm-hmm. though it's right here on the page, Mm-hmm. I still look at it and see that old interpretation. It's layered on top, right. and it's layered right. so good. It's like, when did y'all give this to me? Like, what, what what level of belief was I in that this is stuck so deep inside of me? Right, right. Well, there's I was about to say, I have about a minute to go before yeah. the, we have to take the commercial break. Uh, <laughs> so I do want to just, <laughs> you know, we can pick it up if you want to stay on the call, Sherry. That's totally cool. <laughs> but I, I, I do need out. to I make sure. I'm just saying, you can't leave me out of no Jesus conversation. I hang out. I hang out. <laughs> so, I so, let, so let me give this quick commercial, and then we'll pick this up from there. So uh, listeners, please remember that, that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give. This message goes out to all of the continents, countries all over the world, and we want to make sure that we get this empowering message out because every place doesn't have the opportunity to have a center that teaches it. Also, uh, please be reminded that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Please like it, uh, give it a five-star rating or whatever it does, and write a positive review. That's my request. The other thing is we're on iTunes Podcast and Stitcher for Android apps, my request is that you go online, give it a five-star rating, and write a positive review. It helps with the algorithms. 
So if you want to call, make sure when you come back, you can call in and ask Reverend Greg some questions about anything that you want to ask him about. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts on living an abundant life. Examine your life. Whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had, realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you have brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine. The moment you begin to think and speak as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is. This is the only thing we got to get in through our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. For over 23 years, Liz Dunn and the team at Celebrate Your Life have been presenting life-changing events with some of the world's leading spiritual teachers. Experience a Celebrate Your Life event for yourself in 2019. Tickets are available now for the International Women's Summit, March 7th to 10th in Phoenix, Arizona, featuring some of the most inspirational speakers in the realm of mind, body, and spirit. Do something for yourself this year. Go to CelebrateYourLife.com and reserve your space today. Follow Unity Online Radio on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with all your favorite shows. Become a fan by clicking the like button. You can join in with a Facebook Live event or just like and share our post. Be the first to find out about any big special guests that might be appearing on the air or any events at Unity Village. We want to hear from you. Make sure you leave any questions or comments about Unity programming. Thanks for listening. Discover how to connect with our loved ones on the other side with Suzanne Giesman and Messages of Hope. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central as Suzanne shares evidence that love never dies. In evidential medium, spiritual teacher, and author, Suzanne brings hope and healing through her gift of communication with those who have passed. Suzanne brings messages of hope and love that go straight to the heart. Tune in this Thursday right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. 
Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back. I have the Reverend Greg Stamper as my guest today. We're talking about all things new thought and metaphysics. And uh, we ha- still have our caller on Reverend Sherry James. And if you want to call in and ask questions or make a comment, you can call in at 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. I do want to jump in, uh, you know, uh, Greg and Sherry, before we continue to drill down on the Jesus uh, uh, position, uh, my position. So mm-hmm. what I often tell students is you don't have to demote yourself to promote Jesus, because I think that's right. where the real question lies for me, you know, yeah. you know, because of West Western culture, we have decided that, you know, that Jesus is, you know, the good child, the good son or equal with God and everybody else is mm-hmm. less than instead of looking at it from the standpoint of Jesus can still be awesome and I can be right. awesome as well. And that right. position helps shift the conversation because I think that people think that we're demoting Jesus with our language demoting mm-hmm. Jesus with our theology and philosophy, and I don't believe that's the case. Now, as far right. as, you know, the Christian background for uh, New Thought, that doesn't necessarily mean that people have to do what they want to do. The, the Christ, New Thought people were free enough to take their Christianity and do what they wanted to do with it. And I think we mm-hmm. have to allow the same freedom for people to take our New Thought and do what they want to do with it as well. That's fine. True. But we can't ignore the fact that the fundamentals were built on a Judeo-Christian background. Absolutely. That being said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big follower of Dr. Rocco Erico. He, I, I love Rocco. Yeah. He, he knows it well. And one of the things that enlightened me a lot about um, New Thought, Jesus v- versus fundamentalism and Catholicism and sometimes the way Jesus is perceived in many religions not just Christianity, mm-hmm. Islam, et cetera, is he mm-hmm. had a, a, a teaching series. I bought it on tape. I'm sure it's available on CD now called The Kingdom or the Cross. And the gist uh, of it was, how did Jesus's kingdom of God message turn into a cross message? Right. And it's a lot of material. And he drills down on it bit by bit. And mm-hmm. uh, the conclusion of it, without giving, this is a baseline conclusion, not anything of depth is that the kingdom message was what was real to Jesus. The cross experience was what was real to the disciples. So they taught the kingdom consciousness or the kingdom teaching through the context of the cross because it was through Jesus's death and resurrection, which can be a whole, we only have to drill down on what resurrection could or could not have been and different interpretations of that. But it was through that process that they had a revelation of what Jesus was teaching and what Jesus was about. So mm-hmm. it was never meant to be a substitute. It was a door. It was supposed to be a door into. Right. And obviously, you know, when people actually take it as it evolved and got away from the original people who walked and talked and sat with Jesus, et cetera, and took it taken out of his Jewish mystical context, it evolved mm-hmm. to being other things. Uh, last right. point I just want to make on this really quickly because I th- I believe in giving people resources. So I believe you can go to his website, Nora.com, N-O-O-H-R-A, Nora, Nora, I was pronounced Aramaic. 
and get the kingdom of the cross. The other thing I would suggest mm-hmm. strongly is a book by Marcus Borg and someone else called The Third Paul. And what The Third oh, Paul yeah. does is it shows that there are actually three Pauls in the Bible. There's the Paul who wrote, who wrote the seven agreed upon uh, text, uh, uh, epistles mm-hmm. like Romans, you know, Philippians, First Thessalonians, mm-hmm. et cetera, mm-hmm. who had his own, mm-hmm. Paul had his own Christology. Right. Then there's the pseudo Paul who wrote yep. some of the letters that we are not so sure about, including the pastoral mm-hmm. pastoral epistles, yep. which yep. everybody's pretty much sure Paul didn't write. First and second Timothy, right. I believe. Oh, I can't remember the other one offhand right now. And then mm-hmm. you have the third Paul, which is a constru- construct of the author of the apostles, the Acts of the Apostles. That's right. not a first person account. That is somebody right. telling a story or a narrative mm-hmm. about somebody because we assume mm-hmm. Luke, but all of the Gospels are anonymous. The, right. uh, their understanding of the history of the early church and Paul. Mm-hmm. But even mm-hmm. though some of the story might be historical, the right. it's still a con- construct is not necessarily a person who he was just sitting down with Paul and said, OK, Paul, tell me this part. OK, Paul, tell me that mm-hmm. part. And like a biography. Biography right, right. wrote down the Gospels right. and the Book of Acts are not biographies. Exactly. They are lenses. They are faith documents mm-hmm. into the understanding of the early church. So, absolutely. Now I've exhaled, and I'm uh, so so we can get back to the the question. So if so, back to the conversation of of metaphysics and Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you how do you now present Jesus to uh, an audience who either are turned off by even the use of the name because they come from mm-hmm. either church hurt or, you know, right. uh, backgrounds that don't necessarily promote, you know, any type of uh, Christianity versus those who are on the far other side of the spectrum where mm-hmm. they are, you know, Jesus is it, and everybody else, as Reverend Ike would say, Jesus is the son, and the rest of us are bastards. Right. Well, you know, I've chosen to be unpol- unapologetic in the sense that, you know, I, I quote Jesus, I, I refer to the, to the words of Jesus. Um, we do specific series. There's, there's an annual series I do called Reimagine the Bible, um, which is part of a deeper teaching to support folks and seeing scripture differently and understanding. So the, uh, this, this past year we did uh, the Gnostic Gospels, and then we followed that up with a series, Who is Jesus to Me? And interestingly enough, because you mentioned one of my favorite authors, Marcus Borg, the text we used for that series was uh, Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time, um, uh, which is just such a great text to understand um, so much about who Jesus is. Um, so I, I choose to be unapologetic in, the, in, that, in one sense to just, you know, we're not going to, you know, not use the word Jesus. But also in being unapologetic, I'm also unapologetically speaking about Jesus from a metaphysical lens, right, and from a mystical lens. Um, so that the person who wants to still put Jesus on a pedestal um, is going to be disturbed in a good way. Um, because it's going to cause them to think like, wait, okay, he's talking about Jesus, but what I'm hearing, he's not saying what I'm used to hearing. Let, let me dig in. Let me ask questions. And then the person who wants to throw Jesus away, they can hear what I'm saying. And it's like, wait, he's saying something else. He's not, he's not talking about the Jesus that I rejected. 
Um, and one of the reasons that I do that is because of my own experience, because as I talked about my time after seminary and, and, and um, sort of the seven years of deep study, uh, which was a lot of unlearning, what I did, I was so overconfident in my knowledge um, that I rejected God. I wouldn't use the word God because um, I know that, you know, some people say God and they mean this, you know, judging God. And some people say God and they mean something else. And rather than to get into any confusion, um, because I knew what my definition of God was, I stopped using the word altogether. What I ultimately came to realize was that by not using the word, I was also rejecting my access to this to this thing that I know and call God. Like, I have to unapologetically um, use that word, not worrying about what someone else thinks about it, because their consciousness has no bearing um, on my life. It's about what I think when I speak this word. Um, it, that then dictates from my consciousness what I'll experience in my life. So similarly, when I say the word Jesus, when I speak of the teachings of Jesus, from my consciousness, I know what that means, and that's the only thing that has any hold um, and a, the only thing that really outpictures in my life. Um, and I also know by holding that stance, um, uh, we've been able to help so many people heal, and, and we, we get that feedback all the time, heal their relationship with Jesus um, uh, or fall in love with Jesus that they never did before and, and really be unapologetic. Um, because, again, as we've talked about before, you know, Jesus, the, the teachings of Jesus is New Thought 101 in so many ways. And so, um, to, to not embrace the teachings, to not embrace the way. Again, we're not saying worship Jesus. To not embrace the way mm. is to really not embrace new thought um, and, and truth. And so that's what we've been able to do. I just think from a leadership position, that's what's very important. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. I don't know if Reverend Sherry yeah. is still on and she was trying to jump in. Like, you know, uh, are you still there, Reverend Sherry? Oh, good, good. I, I ain't gone nowhere for no Jesus conversation. Like, come on now. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, I, I Reverend am, Sherry. I, I, I do have a caller. I, Reverend okay, Sherry, go ahead. I do have a caller. Yeah. I do need to let get in really fast. You can still stay. Absolutely. Hold on. If you could just if you could just allow it to just burn and simmer in your soul till I can get back to you. I'm a caller <laughs> uh, named Andrea. Andrea, are you there? I am. Andrea. Hello, yes. Andrea. Where are you calling from? Uh, Connecticut, Guilford, Connecticut. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Do you have a question? I do have a question. Um, you mentioned something about a meditation um, that is the f like the first meditation to go to that seems to be the easiest for people. I work as a clinician, um, and I want to oh. turn my practice to more of a spiritual practice. Um, I'm kind of in the mm -hmm. process of doing that, but I was interested in what that meditation was and if you could tell me a little bit more about it. Absolutely. So I was speaking about transcendental meditation, um, uh, which uh, for many of people know it was popularized. Um, you know, as the Beatles began to look into Eastern thought um, and they studied with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, uh, who was the one who brought this ancient Vedic um, meditation to the West. Um, today, um, it's really moved out of sort of the mystical, um, and actually it is used in, in clinical environments. Um, the American Heart Association, it's the only form of meditation that's actually recommended um, because of the results, um, the, the results of reducing high blood pressure, the results of um, uh, reducing risk um, of heart attack. Also, it goes on, um, the results of um, um, easing the, the, the symptoms of anxiety and depression. Um, one of the things that I love that 
um, the Transcendental Meditation does, particularly through the work of the David Lynch Foundation, um, working with our veterans who, of course, come home um, with PTSD. Uh, I've had the mm-hmm. opportunity to meet um, veterans who, um, you know, they came home, um, PTSD, it affects their family, and you know, it affects their marriages. Um, um, mm-hmm. Many uh, men and women are, are taking, you know, um, just so many pills they can hardly remember or name all the pills that they're taking. And after mm-hmm. practicing this meditation technique, they are no longer um, taking any medications. Um, their, their, their family has been restored. You know, they've been able to sleep mm-hmm. at night. Now, that's mm-hmm. one of the first things mm-hmm. you like, I finally got a full night's rest. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a lot of science, um, and you can actually go to tm.org. Um, to to learn more about the technique. I also um, encourage you, particularly as you said, you're a clinician, to look at the David Lynch Foundation and the work that they're doing. Um, um, even in, in uh, Galen, even in Chicago, um, they, they've been doing some great work um, in Chicago schools, um, bringing meditation through the Quiet Time program into schools. It's amazing to see what's happening all over the country with that, schools that were considered um, you know, the lowest, the uh, lowest performing schools uh, in, in certain districts or in their specific district. Um, this was actually in California. Um, that school, the only thing that they changed was adding meditation for the kids and for all of the staff. Um, it's now all of the scores have gone up. Um, kids are coming mm-hmm. to school ready, able to learn, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, and, and thriving. So um, it, it's quite fascinating it's, you know, that it's a tool that we have within us, but yet we don't use it. Um, yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? it's Unfortunately. A, it's a, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Now, I, 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 I didn't hear the word fast. transcendental. I mean, I do more guided meditation. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'll have to go and, and look, and, and people find Beautiful. that beneficial, and I have found it beneficial in my own work. But um, Beautiful. I will. I will research uh, uh, that. Thank you so much. You're welcome, oh, Andrea. Before you leave, are you still there? Is she yes, still I there? Am. Okay. I'm, I'm uh, one here. of the things that I that that I actually promote is qigong. Uh, I'm, I'm a kung uh, fu yeah. practitioner, and one of the things you learn in Chinese you, martial arts is qigong. Can you spell that for me? It's pronounced Q. It's, you spell it Q I G O N G, but you pronounce it qigong. Q I is qi in Chinese means okay. energy. You know, but mm-hmm. so it's different ways you can do it. There's ones where you sit down. It's teaching your mind and body to be connected and moving energy in your body. That want the qigong where you sit down. The qigong where you mm-hmm. move. Tai chi is a form of moving qigong with some other applications to it. But the idea right. behind it is how do you connect the mind and body through breath? Because one of the mm-hmm. things that people discover is most people don't breathe properly. And most mm-hmm. people don't move their bodies in harmony properly. So even I. Our physical activity is working against our health and well-being. So that's also mm-hmm. something you might want to look at. I'm a big believer in Qigong meditation. Big yeah, believer in it because I know what yeah. you can do with, uh, you know, there's meditation where you can be still sitting and you have all this type of stuff going on. I'm a, I don't want to drill down into it because my kung fu brain will come out. But, you <laughs> know, that, that there were ancient Buddhists and Taoists who could sit still and they could get to the point where they can move the bone marrow in their bodies. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, get into the bone and move energy. Yeah. So it also has some <laughs> some real healing aspects. And they've done a lot of research with cancer patients, with HIV positive folks, mm-hmm. and many other things, depression, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. So these are different things. What I would say is become a student, take a look, experiment yeah. with yourself. Yeah. Because uh-huh. what, 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 
we really have to have as people who are on the front line is real mm-hmm. results that we work with, not just theory that we tell people. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Reverend Greg can say, <laughs> try out transcendental meditation because I've tried it mm-hmm. and it's worked. I've used Absolutely. it when I had to work through some stuff. I've mm-hmm. used mm-hmm. And I, I love become a, um, for years. Become a, right. And, and I, right, right. It, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just, saying, I so, becoming... so, we're, so we're not giving you theory. That's what I'm saying. Right. We're giving you what has worked with not only for us, it's not independent mm-hmm. theory, but I do think if right. it works for everybody else, I can't recommend something that I don't know about. I don't recommend books I don't, mm-hmm. I've never read. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend mm-hmm. speakers I've never heard. And I don't recommend <laughs> practices that I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, and I, uh, I agree with that. And I love becoming, becoming a student. You know, part of my job is I work with parents and I try to help them understand what their children are teaching them um, and that they're, they're being exposed to something that they would have never been exposed to if they didn't have their children behaving in a certain way and trying to help yeah. guide their children and boundaries and all those things. So I love the um, be, become a student. Part of my spiritual path has been through Al-Anon, um, which is a little, a little mm-hmm. very, you know, a little different. I mean, I grew up as a Protestant, um, so I'm, I'm curious and as to how I'm going to sort of this path is going to come into play for me. Um, but I'm appreciating what I'm hearing um, and. Beautiful. I think you mentioned, did you mention a book that you wrote or or an online place to go in terms of the teachings that you do? Uh, are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, for myself. Which, who, who are you asking? I <laughs> couldn't tell you. Clear. Either either person. I, I appreciate any knowledge I can gain. So um, if either one of you have written a book or if there, or either one of you have a um a website of some kind to just a- access your your knowledge. Can I jump in here first, Greg? Do you listen to my yeah, show normally, or is this your first time? This or? is the first. This is probably this is the first time I've actually listened to your show, and I've just recently I've I've um, gotten the Daily Word for years, and my mother got it, my grandmother okay. got it, so I feel like I'm kind of following so, the. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I, I so, 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 so the book is on this on its way. But in the meantime, this is for me, and then Greg can give his own information. Go back through yep. my catalog of True Transform episodes. I take ancient, not ancient. I take old New Thought books, classics, and I teach them chapter by chapter. So you can get the book and you can study with me. And okay. you know, it doesn't make a difference what the material is. But if you go back to the beginning of my show, April 2012, and you start to work your way up. You'll, you'll get great fundamentals of this teaching. Also, if you go on uh, SoundCloud or, or if you go to our, the Christ Universal Temple uh, YouTube page, which is CU Temple, CU, the word temple together, you can go in and look or you can just, you know, and look for my sermons or you can just type my name in YouTube or whatever. And you'll be able to see sermons of mine, um, you know, ton of them. So. I'm out there and available. I have almost seven okay. years worth of Truth Transform episodes. Now, Reverend Greg, please let them know how they can, she can get in contact and find you. Perfect. Uh, so the first thing is to find us at Celebration Spiritual Center. Uh, you can go to our website, Celebration SC, S as in spiritual, C as in center, dot org. Um, there you will um, find links to all of our sermon series, which are also on YouTube. So if you want to just go directly to, to YouTube, you can search for Celebration Spiritual Center and you'll find um, five plus years of sermon series there. Um, 
Additionally, um, to connect with me, I'm on Facebook, um, Pastor Greg Stamper. Um, uh, you can definitely find me there. Or you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I am Greg Stamper. I'm Stamper, S-T-A-M-P-E-R. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm always on social media, so we, we can connect that way. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's so many sermon series and, and, and so much good information out there. Um, you'll also, if you go to the Celebration Spiritual Center website, you can join our mailing list uh, so that you can get more information about uh, upcoming classes and um, also my book, which will be released this year, uh, Prayer is Your Superpower. Um, prayers are superpower. Is that what it's called? Prayer is your superpower. Um, that's is coming out later this year. Okay. Um, and I'll be teaching a class along with that in the summer. Very good. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Andrea, for the call. And I hope that, that you'll continue to follow True Transforms. Uh, and I hope it will help you with your practice and helping people. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you also. Yes. Take care. Blessing. Bye-bye. Uh, I, I, I did have Reverend Sherry on the line. Uh, Reverend Sherry, I have uh, uh, one more question I have to ask uh, Reverend Greg before we get off. So I'm going to have to say goodbye. Um, uh, is she on right now so I can at least say goodbye? We can say goodbye. I don't know. Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, uh, Greg, one of the books that we talked in, about Reverend offline Sherry. was the was the Kabbalion. And I wanted yes. you to give an opportunity to talk about this book because you talked about how it has helped you so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the Kabbalion, I, I love. Um, I'm actually uh, um, teaching um, my, my 90 Days to Greatness program, and we're in the, the Master Manifester um, um, program right now, um, which we begin the year with. And um, I'm using the Kabbalion as the text that I'm teaching. Um, the thing I love about the Kabbalion, it's, it's seven principles, seven sim simple principles. But what I believe is that out of these principles, we can sort of understand everything else. I was having a, a conversation with, with um, Mitch Horowitz, and I was saying how, you know, we, we look at new thought, new thought, and this is across the whole spectrum, right? Some people say there are 12 universal laws, and some I've heard some teachers say there are just three and some say there are seven and probably there's some that say there are 20. And it seems like it can get confusing because I get this question often, like, well, you know, how many, how many laws are there? Or each of the laws, it could be the same law, but it's named different things. Um, what I love about the seven principles of the Kabbalion is that out of these principles come all of the laws. Um, and the way I like to think about it is um, in truth, and this is, New, new thought principle, right? Oneness is the truth. And so um, God is one and, and we are the, the life of God. There's really one mind, one presence. Um, and so we're trying to describe this one thing that is everything, um, which expresses itself in multiplicity and diversity. Um, hence the reason why we're talking about all these different laws, um, because we're trying to you know, talk about this one thing that is inexhaustible, this one thing um, that can never be boxed into a finite number. Um, and so what I love um, in, in looking at the Kabbalion is um, no matter how many, quote unquote, new laws I read about or hear about or study, um, I can always find the underlying principle um, in, in this text. And um, um, it, it can sometimes be a, a, a little hard to grasp, which is why I like to teach it. Um, but there are some very just um, powerful 
principles that we get to understand and use, you know, uh, understanding the the principle of cause and effect, Um, the truth that there's no such thing as luck, right, that everything has a cause. Now, that cause may be happening on a plane of existence that we can't see, taste, touch, or smell, hence we think it came out of nowhere, hence we use terms like out of the blue or this was weird or, um, or we call it luck. Um, but in truth, it's not luck. I, I was sharing um, with my class on Monday night. This is one of the reasons why I study lottery winners, because I'm always interested in trying to see the underlying causes that produced an effect. Um, and, you know, people talk about lottery winners in terms of um, not keeping the, the winnings. Um, but I'm always interested in the thinking, um, the internal desire, consciously or unconsciously, um, that actually gave birth to the experience. Now, of course, the, the reason that many people aren't able to keep their money is because th- their consciousness didn't change. They just, their, their bank account balance changed. Um, and so then they just circulate that money from the same consciousness. Um, uh, but I, again, understanding that there's always the cause and effect, that, that there's always an underlying cause. Um, I, I love to see what are the causes from something like that, which we consider, you know, a big demonstration or a big manifestation. Um, when really a lot of times it may have nothing to do with um, someone affirming I am prosperous every day or, um, or you know, believing in, in prosperity principles, um, but, but simply in some cases, you know, there was, a, there was just a great need, um, you know, a medical need in the family. Um, and, you know, someone happened to, to go buy a lottery ticket um, and they, they won a million dollars. Um, that was really the, the cause, and, and that gets into even thinking about uh, just the deeper teachings, because what we do in the Master Manifestor class, I have everyone choose an amount of money that they want to manifest in 12 weeks. All right, well, um, and, well, yeah. well, Reverend Grant, well, I, yeah. we literally have seconds left. Oh, wow. So this oh, is yeah, what I, my, my request. I'm going to talk to you offline about March. You got to come back. Okay. And we need to talk about just this one subject. How do people produce yes. results? outside the context of spiritual teachings, et cetera. I think that's pregnant. So thank you listeners. We'll be with you next week with True Transforms. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.